Alright, welcome to Pipsqueak, the cafe where we serve you delightful, slightly intense, but definitely worthwhile conversations. A podcast focused on bringing people together by drinking, listening, and conversing. So grab your favorite drink and let's see what's on today's menu. Alright people, welcome to Creek, the cafe. We are here for another episode of the podcast. You know here at the cafe, we always have a conversation center around the drink. And today I am drinking on some kind of concoction that is vodka with some good old sugar-free mango passion. And today I have a special guest in. Hi. I am joined by Janika. Say hello, Janika. Hello, everybody. So, before we start with the topic... How has your week been? It's been pretty busy, pretty hectic, but I made it through the week and I'm ready for the weekend. So mm. what can I say? That that makes it a good week, right? When you make it out, you make it through. That is right. You And this is your first time seeing my new abode. It's been a while. I mm-hmm. have been a guest of the podcast previously. Haven't been asked to participate in a while, but maybe we'll talk about that later. But I do like the new setup, the advanced equipment. I mean, you're growing, Deontay. Congratulations. I'm growing. What's my name? Sean. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus so Christ. don't use my government You're over name. here telling if the I can't use Oh, your I did say Janika. Yes, you did. Deontay, so... My bad. Sean, people. Sean, and I'm Jay. Do you remember when we first, I first started and I was in my old basement. I had that long little ghetto table with the little ghetto mics all over the place. Um, it wasn't ghetto. It was a starter set. It was a starter set. That is right. You were an entrepreneur. That's right. Every every millionaire started somewhere. Uh, okay. And a billionaire started somewhere. Uh-huh. So, yes, you have advanced. You have evolved. We're proud of you. Appreciate that. And you were part of the book club. The book club. Were or am. Well, I mean, we haven't done anything. What are we doing with that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, we can just start a two-person book club and and see where it goes. We can. I would like to pick that back up because it would force me to make time to read these stacks and stacks and stacks of books that I want to read and I just don't have time. So if... I have something that makes me accountable, more accountable. I, it'll help me. So I have selfish reasons as well. But I think it's really uh, beneficial, right, to d- do something that's just like what you're doing here, right? Exploring yeah. topics and ideas and concepts. So, okay, on that topic, I just started this. You know Tamara Hall? Yes. She wrote her first fiction book, and it's out, and I just started. So maybe we can use that as the kick off unless there's a book that you really want to read no i like her i'm happy to read that i've heard actually will smith's book is good not gonna read it <laughs> <laughs> okay and is that because of the incident or just you have feelings previous to that that you're not interested it's a stupid reason i get it but i stopped liking will smith after black vivian went upstairs on <laughs> on Fresh Prince and came back and then we had a white video. But they have hashed that out and resolved their well, issues and admitted it was it, not just him. Okay, but it it destroyed my view of him. Talk about holding a grudge. It is a grudge. I mean, that was how many years ago? It messed up my childhood. <laughs> yeah, it, you were traumatized, I was traumatized at an early age at because an early age. Aunt Vivian came down different and lighter. Because think about it. At that time, you didn't see a lot of darker skin lead actresses and, and sitcoms, That's right? True. 
you had Cosby Show, you had Claire, and she's beautiful, right? I love Felicia. Still, Felicia Rashad. Exactly, I love her. But and then you just suppose that to Will Smith, who had the darker um, vib there, and then you also had Family Matters. But that show also had an issue because remember we talked about this at brunch one day, very quickly before we get into the real topic, how. The little girl went upstairs and never came down and the show <laughs> never addressed the fact. Just ghosted the girl right out of the script. <laughs> she is like, bye. I mean, <laughs> just gone. Well, do you think that on Viv's replacement had anything to do with her color? Do you think colorism was at work or you just didn't appreciate that you didn't have the representation anymore? At the time, I had no concept of whether or not colorism was the issue. I just knew that it didn't sit well with me, right? This is, yeah, it just didn't sit well with me. And I just didn't think she meshed well with the rest of the folks. I didn't like- The I didn't, new Vivian. Yeah, I just didn't like her. Well. But I, I was biased, I admit that. And she was out there, the original Aunt Viv on social media, she was out there for a long time <laughs> expressing herself. Yes. Very clearly where she showed some people, maybe she wasn't wrapped too tight. So that's why I don't blame him solely. And they both seem to have buried the hatchet and reconciled and said that they were both. at fault. Well, I don't, I don't see them at the red table yet. When I see them at the red table, I'll believe it. Can I tell you something though? I will say, you know, we talked about the Will Smith thing and this, we're not going to do that on this episode because we could talk all day about it, but because of his outrageous behavior, what I view to be his outrageous behavior at the Oscars, I'm less inclined to watch The Red Table. Like they started a new season. They have an episode now with Janelle Monae. And I honestly feel some kind of way about, I just want to stay away from that drama for a minute. That All that energy that family is giving. Although Red Table Talk gives positive energy usually, and it's been very good. But I don't know, it's something about he seemed to have tainted all of this right, at least right now. But for me, I, I just, I don't want to see either one of their faces right now. I'm not interested in any of their projects for now. I'll circle back. But it surprised me that I felt that way, that I would allow my disgust, right, for his behavior to transfer really to her. I, I mean, you did write a two-page Facebook post on it. That, that was all about him. <laughs> but but I will say she's culpable with regard to the state of their relationship to some degree. I won't blame her for his reaction that night per se. A lot of people have done that. I wouldn't necessarily go that far. But what he did was just symptomatic of a bigger problem that exists, I think, because of their relationship. Yeah. So. Um, I'll just say this. I never really watched The Red Table. Uh, the only episode I watched was the one when she was supposed to be bringing herself to the table. And I didn't like the episode, so I never went because she really didn't because bring she herself. Didn't, no, yeah. she was over here lollygagging, giving us some BS. She did not come to be open and no. honest like she requires. Like she said, the red table the desk. is full. Uh, that's what her guests are supposed to do, right? So I didn't appreciate that. Yeah, I don't see myself watching again. But, you know, it is what it is. They have their avenue. They are out there doing whatever they're supposed to do. So let's talk about, let's pivot to the real topic, okay, which is mature dating. And the reason I call it mature dating is I'm thinking like, you know. With old people or mature people? Well, you're a little, you're older, okay? You're not 20. I mean, I look 20. Okay. Thank the Lord for the genes that he gave you. Don't, no, Hashtag black don't crack. Don't. No one is discounting your looks, okay? But, you know, as, as people mature in age or in profession, 
right? Or just in their mental state, their expectations of dating change and their expectation of suitors change, right? But it also seems like maybe the suitors who have been pursuing, like, because I know you without giving your business up, some of the pursuers may not be at the level that you want them to be for dating purposes. And I'm not talking about like financial or all that, just the package, right? So let's just, I mean, it's its kind of like an open conversation. I don't really have any questions for you necessarily. <laughs> but Janika, interview. How, how is dating going for you? Dating sucks. Why? That's the whole podcast. I mean, that's the, that's the podcast wrapped up in two words, dating sucks. So I am older. I am 51. I will be 52 later this year. And so, as you mentioned, that girl, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I just played, I just played. So, as you age and as you evolve as a person, you know, naturally, what you want in a mate evolves, right? You don't want the same thing at 50 that you wanted when you were 20. And thank God for that. Some people get married in their 20s and realize, unfortunately, that. That's so young to even know yourself or to be able to pick a partner who can grow with you and still love you the same and you guys and and respect you and understand you, right? Even though you're a different person, really, in your 50s and 40s than you were in your 20s and 30s. And so that's usually a good thing, but that's why... You know, maybe you don't want to get married so young. So I will say I was always focused more on what I was doing with my life, what, how I was going to develop into what I wanted to be professionally. But that's not to say it took precedent necessarily over, you know, my dating, but I I had, my focus was broader than just being a missus. Let me put it that way. Right. Because a lot of people, not so much now, of course, but certainly when I was younger and as we were coming along, the focus was still find somebody when you're in college or, you know, immediately thereafter to maybe settle, you know, quote unquote, settle down with. But I wasn't interested in doing that at an early age, you know, went to college, went to law school, wanted to really focus on my career and where I was going there. So I was dating and was open to seeing, you know, whatever developed, but Marriage wasn't at the top of my list and everything I did wasn't focused towards getting married. And I know for some women, it was. Okay, let me ask this. Yeah. Sorry, because you're doing a soliloquy right now. (laughs) You asked. (laughs) (laughs) Are we supposed to be talking? (laughs) But I want to stay on that for a moment. When you said marriage wasn't on your forefront at a young age, now... Is marriage something that you want to do or is it more about just meeting someone who you can grow with? So it becomes more complicated the older you get, right? Because I think there is a middle ground, you know, once you bypass, okay, I've established myself in my career or whatever else you want to develop before you actually get married. And then the focus becomes, all right, it's time, you know, I'm ready. Where is he? You know, I'm at a certain age. I need to start having kids, you know, unfortunately, women have a, have a biological clock that dictates, you know, their window. So that, that 
seems to take primary focus. Where's your clock at? At some point. <laughs> I already told you how old I was. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> Do the research. It, it ain't hard. No, so, so, th- so there's a period of time where marriage does become the priority. Now that I'm getting older and for all intents and purposes have passed my window for birthing children, it causes you, I think, to refocus and go, do I want to get married at this point? Or is it more about just finding a soulmate, right? Who I connect with, who understands me, who respects me, where we share the same interests, can grow together. And that becomes the point where you are like, well, are they established? Are they, you know, what, what are they like at the age they are? Right. And that may vary because I skew younger. So you don't have to be 50 or older for me, but it, you are more focused on at least 21 though. Right. <laughs> I'm not trying to get arrested out here. <laughs> well, you technically, or, 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 or be a sugar mama. So, uh. <laughs> okay. So, you know, so, so, but I do still want to be married. I do still want to have that type of relationship. So, so let me tell you very quickly, a little small story from yesterday, still on this topic. So I was out eating with my friend and we were at this Irish pub. So we're having drinks, eating. And so the waitress comes and it turned into a counseling session with the waitress. With the waitress. Yeah. Okay. So she's, she is six, seven months pregnant. She recently moved in with her fiance and something on her face just told me she isn't happy, right? Something is. Mm. So I just asked her, I was like, oh, so y'all get married. And I said, but how do you feel about that? And she was like, I don't know. And I said, wait, you said yes to this person (laughs) and you don't know. Tell me why you don't know. And she was like, you know, well, he, he's not affectionate. Like I, if I, I, I'm the type of person I need to feel like the person loved me with actions and I'm paraphrasing. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, you know, if I go home and I hug him, he's the type of person that'd be like, what, what you out here cheating? Like that's a sign that something is going on. And I said to her, I said, when you go home, I'm gonna give you a scenario. When you go home and you look at your fiance, how does it make you feel when you see him coming from a long day? And she was, mm. and I was like, boo, boo. I said, I said, y'all need to, before you go down this line, y'all need to figure that out. I'm not saying he's not the one for you, but you said yes. And you need to know why you said yes. And if you're still struggling and y'all are, are just engaged at mm. this point and you have a child coming on, that is a sign that this might not be mm-hmm. the best decision at this point. Or, you know, the other thing is y'all need to have a conversation about what it is that you all want from this marriage. If the concept of marriage isn't between the two of you equal or at least similar, you're going to always have a problem, right? And you're going to feel, and I said to her, I said, you're going to feel regret every day. And that regret every day is going to translate to what happens with your relationship of raising your child. Right. And that is going to be the most important piece, right? Right. But it was just random, which is again 
not to go back to this podcast. Are you out there like you Oprah. Hello. <laughs> Random. Y'all the bad Zach. <laughs> All right, fix our life. But it was a great conversation, which goes back to the whole point of me starting this podcast was the concept of you going into a bar or what restaurant or whatever, drinks and communication, it just brings people together, right? People right. who I don't think I would have had this normal conversation with her. Like she wouldn't be my friend on a regular day, but it was a concept of us being in that environment where she felt comfortable enough to have this conversation with a stranger. And I felt comfortable enough to have that conversation. Such a time. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, it sounded like she didn't think he loved her the way she needed to be loved. And then it sounded like maybe she didn't love him enough. They, yeah. they need couples counseling. Yeah. All right. Now back to the dating mm. now. So you and this, this I'm going to say this circular conversation with yourself about whether marriage is the goal or soulmate. Now, can you? Well, it's not an either or. Probably. No, no, no. I know that. I'm just breaking it down for for my purposes. Okay. Because you did say it's complicated because it's whether or not do I just need a soulmate or you know is this about marriage? But ultimately, you do want to be married. Right. It's the end because result. Marriage becomes less of a burden. Well, I was going to say priority, but really it, beca it becomes less of the holy grail, right? Because when you're a certain age, marriage is the holy grail for a lot of women. I don't care how archaic and sexist, you know, anti-feminist that might sound. That is the goal of a lot of women when they're in a particular age range. And as you get older and you build your life for yourself, you realize it's not the focus just to get married and have somebody else in my life, but they've got to contribute and compliment. And the you know, same is true in the reverse. And so marriage doesn't become the Holy grail because one, you learn that you will survive without being a married woman at a certain age. Come on, okay. speak it sister. <laughs> I will survive. <laughs> hey, hey. But um, yeah. So because in your Late 20s, your 30s, your late 30s, you think, OMG, what? Who am I going to be if I'm not married? How can I achieve? How can I obtain, right? If I don't have X, Y, and Z. Well, when you're not married by those ages, you keep it moving and you, you realize I can do it for myself. And so marriage doesn't become uh, this thing you put on a pedestal, right? And this achievement, as much as it becomes... Uh, fulfillment for you as an individual with respect to now you have built your life who do you want to share it with? now you used two words you said mm. that they have to and, and vice versa that the people need to contribute to and compliment what does contribute mean so when you're dating how do you assess whether or not this person is contributing to whatever you think you need and complimenting whatever you think you need. So contributing to is about, I think mainly, don't be talking about I, no I hate this phrase, what do you bring to the table? I really don't like it, but the concept rings true and it's fundamental. I think in any relationship, you know, in the simplest uh, terms, you think, I, you know, I'm, I have my career and I've been able to buy my own house and I do what I want and I travel and I blah, blah, blah. And so if 
I'm interested in connecting with someone, then you can't be living with your mama on the struggle bus, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so, so we need to be sort of on the same level. And I know people have plenty of things to say about that. I don't care. What about the, you know, you can't discount the brother that's trying to make it and the blah, 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 because especially for you as a black woman and black men and what they're subjected to, it's only a small fraction of black men that are going to be on your level, whatever God will provide. Okay. But okay. Wait, but what if the guy is the person that's conscientiously deciding to live with his mama because he's saving because he's doing a business or he wants to travel. And that, and that's great for him. I, I'm not discounting or looking down on the person for what they want, but particularly you as see, I had to fill this up for this conversation, <laughs> bro, particularly as you grow older, there comes a point where as a man, you are either at a certain stage in your life that is acceptable to me or you are not. And for that brother who's, if you have to live with your mother to save up and travel and you know, all of this, then you're not the one for me. I need a man who is independent enough to where he has his own. He's not still living with mama. Does he have to own or can he rent? Is that a, is that a, are you thinking about that at all? I mean, ideally he would own, why is he renting? But here's what I have to say about people that would think, would say that was classist, right? That, that, that my attitude is just classist and it's, it's built on materialism and all this. No, what I have found, because again, I have dated for decades. So I've experienced almost everything. So you're a serial dater. <laughs> yeah, in this arena. And what I have found is because it's not that I haven't tried to date men who haven't achieved the same things that I have at a certain stage. I've tried to date them. And what I have realized is that you can just be too far apart in your interests, in your approach to things, in your thought processes, and just how you handle life. So it's not just that the brother's not making, you know, six figures. It's not just that he doesn't have his own house. It's when he's in a certain arena, socially, professionally, economically, is hard. If you if there's a lot of disparity concerning those factors, then to me, it's hard to connect personally where this seems like this would be a good union that is contributing to my life and complementing my life. So that's the part of the contribution, but it's more than just financial. That's only one aspect of it, right? Contribution is also about how are you treating me? How are you respecting me? How are you handling me, you know, with respect to what you have going on in your life and just, you know, just really what you're showing me. Right? Okay. So can I, can I push back a little bit? Not because I, I think what you're saying is not accurate. What I want to know is in the inverse of that, then what is it that you're doing to compliment and contribute to that person? I mean, are you, when you're dating, are you only looking at it from what I'm getting from it? Or are you also looking at it from, okay, you know, maybe this person doesn't have X, Y, and Z, but he has this. And I have X, Y, and Z because the concept of compliment is not that they match, right? It's that 
they enhance they enhance each other or they balance exactly so yeah. do you think about that when you're dating and how soon do you start thinking about that i mean it can't be the first date or is it <laughs> not necessarily this is what i was saying so to answer your first question for a while, I didn't consider what am I bringing because I always assumed I'm bringing it, right? And it's all about what are you contributing? <laughs> but because I knew I was bringing it. Su Susie, Susie <laughs> next door is bringing it too, boo. I mean. <laughs> Indeed, and that's part of the problem, okay? So, so, but there did come a point a few years ago where I had an epiphany in meditation because meditation is very beneficial. I recommend that for everybody. That's why you should... You should, you know, if you need to use my meditation room upstairs. Oh my God. He just wanted to plug the fact that he has a meditation room okay. in his new house. Thank okay. You. So you got that in. You're thank good. You. I'm good. Thank okay. You. Cause I, cause I got rooms to spare. Oh no, God. I'm just not playing. Go rooms ahead. Go on ahead. Rooms on rooms. <laughs> so, but, so I was in meditation and it did occur to me, okay, you've been praying and asking and expecting, and you have this list and you want all of this from a man. Have you thought about how you can, what are you bringing to really, how would you do it? Right. Cause I'm always looking at it like, I got plenty to bring and I'm, I'm enough and da, 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 da. But the question is, well, how are you utilizing that to contribute to the man you want in your life? How would you sort of manifest? You know, I how hate that word. What? Utilize. I hate when people use sentences, but go ahead. Okay. Well, I don't, I can't understand. I know. Also hate words. I also hate when people write in, in briefs, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> sound like a personal problem to me <laughs> but but um, so so i did i have since that time focused also on okay what you know what are you doing what are you bringing what are you offering right um, so it's more balanced i think for me in that regard were there moments where you thought oh maybe i'm not the package or maybe what I thought I was bringing, I'm not bringing. You know, honestly, there does come a point where you go, well, what is wrong with me that I haven't been able to, you know, to find anyone or to have what so many other people have is when you're single, it seems like people are getting married left and right. But I do know that I refuse to get married just to be married. I can't be with someone who I'm not truly, don't feel a true connection with. This, I'll love him later. I hear a lot of, well, I loved him when we got married. I wasn't in love with him and I learned to love him. That's fine if that works for you. Oftentimes it seems that grows into resentment the older people get because there wasn't that foundational connection. So when somebody else continues to grow in one direction and you're growing in another, there was no real common foundation that you would come back to regardless of what made sense. Because, you know, usually when you have that connection and that foundation, it's something that exists that you can't explain. And so those marriages either exist as really dead marriages to me, or they end up getting divorced, but you know, whatever works for you. But so, so I did start thinking about that, but, but then you have the issue with men who at any age have a problem with commitment. So even when you think you've connected and you think it's all there, something is going on where it just doesn't line, line up. Yeah. But because I have been engaged, but he wasn't ready. He wasn't really ready. He should have never proposed. He wasn't really ready to get married. So I mean, maybe you shouldn't married. accept it. <laughs> I, I Let's thought, start with I that. I thought he was ready. Let's start with that. I thought he was ready. I you had no reason to decline. You ain't do your due diligence. You do your research. I did. I did. All right. Now. Okay. So. <clears throat> I know like for me. 
because I've been single so long that I find that I am very cynical to trying to date. And I also know that I have no tolerance for things that I might have tolerated before. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like sometimes I shoot myself in the foot because people naturally, I, I do think people naturally are not going to connect instantaneously. Right. I, I subscribe you to the, no, have you, you dismissed you, that outright? No, but i I subscribe to the perspective of this. I think any relationship requires work. And when I say any relationship, I'm not talking about just intimate relationships. I think friendships require work. I, I think professional relationships require work. And I think intimate relationships require work that requires work individually, but it also requires work as the two individuals involved, because it's, to me is a business transaction. I'm looking at it from that perspective because it requires both of us to have some kind of perspective or idea of what we want out of this right now. Oftentimes I think people tend to try to have those conversations too soon. Sometimes like you go on a date and you're like, oh, what are you, what are you looking for? What do you want? And I'm like, can we just get to know? Hello, each other? Like, I mean, well, you don't even know my last name. Can I can, can I order appetizer first? I mean, <laughs> let me see if at the end of this you're gonna try to reach to your pocket to see if you're gonna pay. You know what I mean? Like, you know, let's let's get through the right, we gotta, let's get through the hurdles small hurdle first. Yeah, yeah, you want to have this old deep conversation? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I want, right? But it's but I do think people get. The, the the problem with that approach, what I find too, is that when people are ready to have that conversation, it's bringing a level of uncomfortableness, right? Because people, I don't think a lot of folks are used to dating and dating with the concept of getting to know each other, right? But then understanding when that break comes or that line comes where you need to have the conversation. Because it's all inevitably, I think it's going to be an uncomfortable conversation because you don't know if the person is ready. You don't even know if you're ready. Right. And you don't know if you're ready to hear that this person isn't ready to move to the next step that you're ready to go. Right. So there's so many things right. going on. Right. And for men, I think, you know, naturally, I, I know this might seem like a cop out, but the discussion of emotions is not something that we you want to indulge in we and i don't think we have the tools sometimes to indulge in which goes to the point of some folks who say oh to your earlier point you know i love them at this point or i did love them or i grew to love them right i i do think there is merit to that right because that if you put in the work you can grow to love someone because i i feel like you can but can you grow to be in love well i don't know the answer to that now if no is what I say to me, being in love is something that exists without you trying love. Certainly you that shit don't love. exist. I, I'm sorry. What <laughs> real love doesn't exist. That does not exist. What the, are you saying that? I, I think that's a you fantasy. Don't believe, oh, you don't believe in love. I don't think it exists. I think it's bullshit. I, I do. I think it's bullshit. I think. I think people get invested in the concept of love so much that they don't, they think they're in love, but the whole I'm in love bullshit. I don't think that, I don't think it's accurate because inevitably it's a selfish feeling. 
It is. Explain that. I don't I don't understand that. Because okay, if I say I'm in love with someone, that's because I have thought in my head or my feelings or my heart sputters or whatever, or is it flutters, whatever. Flutters, yeah. Right around them. I get these feelings, right? That's all me. But the question becomes It could be mutual though. Yeah, but how many people actually have the conversation? Like, you don't have those have natural conversations. Conversation. Yes, they do. You've had that conversation. <laughs> yeah. You not. Give me an example. Not you have, verbatim. Give me an but example. People have conversations about you make me feel X. You contribute to my life in this way. I can't imagine my life without you. I come into a room and I'm only concerned about how you are doing. I think about you. All day when we're not together, blah, 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 blah. I mean, to me, that just sounds like I'm just trying to get get to the next level if I ain't already got there. What if you already got there and they're still saying it? Well, so it what, might be good. So, so we're not going to subscribe to your uh, your anti-love philosophy, to your Grinch philosophy <laughs> on love. <laughs> I, just, I, I honestly don't think it exists. I think it is a concept of working towards something and you develop feelings based upon your interaction with the person. I've never been in a situation ever. I don't disagree with that. You with my life. With, by interacting with people, but that. But that's not the way you subscribe, uh, the way that I feel like you're describing it is like this whole like flowers <laughs> flowing from the from the sky. And, well, men are from Mars and women are from Mars. I mean, it right? just sounds like so, some bullshit, but go ahead. <laughs> not bullshit it's not like some pure bullshit. bullshit but that's how uh, that's the distinction i make between love and being in love like you can love someone for what they do for you and um you can appreciate them in a way that translates into love but to be in love with somebody is distinct from just loving them because you can appreciate what somebody does for you and still not be crazy about them. Want to put their needs above your own. Want to make sure that they're happy regardless of what you want to do, what you can to enhance their life. To me, that's in love. Like you just, you can't live without them. You just want to be with them. And but you're not with them. And something about their very presence, but they ain't here. Like calms you soothes soothes your soul where that's are they that's, that's my thing who can you soothe my soul like you can do things for me but that doesn't you that go, won't do anything you can go to a masseuse to soothe your soul <laughs> where you going for your for your massage and your happy ending i mean this sounds like some straight up bullshit all right so so yeah so i'm not I do not subscribe to the concept of like love at first sight. I don't believe in it. I think it's non-existent. Hmm. I, you know, I've seen so many people like, you know, you know, black folks, we always, we always go back to the Bible. Those of us who grew up in the church, <laughs> right. And the Lord is going to show you who you're going to marry. Now I've seen, I listen, I've seen many instances where the Lord showed someone who they're supposed to be with. I mean, was it the Lord? According to them, okay, <laughs> okay they got married and they were divorced thereafter. Okay? <laughs> well, because in the church, you had a lot of people too who were signing up to this celibacy con. 
I call it a con where, and they were rushing to get to the altar just so they could have sex and end up in divorce. I'm like, how is that better? Is that better? Divorce supposed to be a sin too. How is that better than just having sex before marriage and figuring out what you want, what you like and who you want? Like, uh-huh. yeah, I can't. I, well, ladies, let me do a disclaimer, please. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this is not an opinion or um, subscribing to the concept of you need to have sex before you get married in order to understand. I'm just saying, okay. So if you are celibate out there, I'm looking at you right now. Those of you who are looking at me, those of you who are listening to my soothing voice. Okay. If you subscribe to celibacy, continue to do you boo, because it's going to make you better. It's all about you. If you want to be celibate, be celibate, but don't make life decisions based on your burning desire to have sex no, because I agree. that ends up being a problem. Okay. But moving, going to, since you used the SEX word, do I'm you, I'm sorry, is this, both, is this a, a G rated? No. I guess, why you spell? Why did you <laughs> <laughs> okay. So sex. do you think sex complicates the concept of feeling in love? Oh, of course. I mean, there's scientific data that, Talks about how what research you did. <laughs> there is, hey, reading is fundamental. Okay, there is a chemical that is released in your brain, like dopamine, the same stuff that gets people the libido. No, <laughs> <laughs> the same stuff that gets people hooked on like oxycontin and other drugs is dopamine. The release of dopamine in your brain from taking that drug. When you have sex, that chemical is released in your brain, and so it alters your brain chemistry and therefore your thoughts and views towards this particular person. So going back to the biblical ties to the spiritual sort of conversation about this, what I do accept as part of I accept a lot of the Christian teaching. I'm a Christian. I don't want anybody to think I'm a devil worshiper because I don't. And if you uh, let me, let me do a disclaimer, but those of you who subscribe to another form of religion is perfectly fine. Those who do not subscribe to any religion at all, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. If you are a devil worshiper, it's perfectly fine. Just don't come to my house. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying. So so I do believe in the philosophy that there is a soul tie, the spiritual theory, that there is a soul tie created between you and another person when you have sex. Because it's ethereal. It's something I think you can't It's what? I'm sorry. Ethereal. Uh, you the wanna... word is ethereal. E. Not a spelling. I was great on the spelling. Day. You want to? You want to explain to the people what that means? <laughs> Webster's. Look it up. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. You over here trying to bring out your dictionary? <laughs> I can't help that I have an expanded vocabulary. Yeah, that expanded. So, it's intangible. There is a connection. There is a feeling. There is a. Uh... <laughs> I don't know another word for it, but I do think there exists then palpable energy. Let me ask this. Now that you're 51 going on 52. Oh, you got to reemphasize that? No, because you should, first of all. We don't have to talk about that. Again. No, let me tell you, okay. My favorite singer, Miss Patty LaBelle. Everyone knows I love her. I love Patty. Okay, she, she comes out and she still look good. Hello. And she says with pride, her age all the time, because age doesn't matter. I don't care. I mean, I, I, it scares people away. Right. But to me, age doesn't matter. Okay. Now, but what the point of me bringing that up is, do you, 
given your lifespan, I'm assuming you have sex with more than one partner. You don't got to give us your number. Okay. And won't. Exactly. But I'm assuming you've had sex with more than one person in your lifetime. As you get older, this ethereal concept that you just subscribe to, do you feel that it's stronger as you get older or you are able to separate it more? It's Um, not strong per se. I mean, that depends on the chemistry, right? Between the two people. So it's not stronger. It's the same to me because you still have created a connection that then makes the relationship more complicated, right? Especially if I do believe in the idea that you can't have sex too soon because I think sometimes it makes you ignore things. How do you feel about casual hookups? Do you think it's appropriate at your age or- as not your age, older, mature dating. Do you think it's something that is? It depends on what you want as an individual, right? So I think regardless of the age. I'm trying to get into our business people without getting into our business, but go ahead. We're not getting into my personal experiences. (laughs) But what I will say is it still is about what you want as an individual. So you can be my age or you can be older or you could be younger. And if that's what you want at that time, then that's fine for you. I think if you want more and you're settling for a hookup because you're the per- the person you're interacting with won't give you more, then you have to reassess. Is this really serving you? Right. Is it beneficial to you? If what you're getting out of it, is that really what you want or have you convinced yourself that that's what you want? So that's the difference. But for a lot of people, no matter, again, no matter the age, and especially when you get older, sometimes that's all you want because you find fulfillment elsewhere. Like I have a girlfriend who, (laughs) who really believes fulfillment comes from what you're doing in other parts of your life and that you're whomever you are dealing with only fulfills certain roles and that's enough. I mean, to me, I I mean, to me, that makes sense, right? I mean, I just feel like sometimes people get so bogged down with the concept of being in a relationship that they don't know how to be in a relationship. I know that sounds stupid, but it's like you're so focused on the concept that I'm in a relationship. But you're not working towards truly say, developing. That goes back to your point. Relationship. You put in work. Because yeah. I think it sounds like, based on what I've heard from married people, that's what happens often in marriage. Like so many people aspire to be married, to be married, to be married. They get married and then think they've crossed the finish line and they don't have to do anything else. When in actuality, the wedding is the beginning of the marriage and you have to continue to put in the work because you still need to be an individual. You still need to be interesting enough to your partner. You know, you guys have to do certain things to maintain a connection because life, especially now at this time, I think pulls us in so many different directions. There's so many responsibilities we have that our parents didn't even have as adults. First of all, because most of them were married. And of course, it's usually easier to do things with two people than one. And so I think there particularly- Two two incomes better than one. Better than one. I don't Amen. care what you made. <laughs> And so adulting for those of us in, in the, in a certain age range, it's just exhausting. Right. So it just, it just kind of 
it just it, it, it doesn't relieve you of the responsibility to do the work because people can be so exhausted by other things and they feel like they can push their marriage or relationship to the bottom of the list because that person is already here. And especially if you're married, you're like, where are they going? Yeah. And they already said I do. So they want to be here, but you have to make that choice. You're making a choice every day to be with that person. So you need to make an effort in some way, shape, form or fashion to keep it together. Yeah, no, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. I think my, my, my thing is, I mean, I, I do kind of have these weird views of love and all of that, but I think that people get into relationships, get into committed relationships, get into marriages. And you said this, and after they get into it, everything else is stagnant right. relating to that relationship. Right. right. And I feel like people spend more time, energy, effort on making other people view their relationship as something other than mm -hmm. it is and not focusing on making sure that this is what my partner views this relationship is. Right. And then we spend more time because, you know, I work a lot, right? You work a lot. General people, when you have a job, you work a lot. You spend, I think you spend more time giving to organizations that you work for, or if you're your own business, you give more time to the businesses than you give to your children. You give to your, your significant other, you give it to your, your boot thing over here, who you're trying to make into a, a, a relationship or a marriage. Right. And if trying to turn a hole into a housewife, no, not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> but I just feel like if people think to transfer 10% of the energy that they direct to these other things into the relationship, I feel like the relationships can grow a little more, right? And I also feel like people, people don't realize that dating should never end, right? It shouldn't end because you're married. Right. It shouldn't end because you're in a committed relationship. It shouldn't end because this, that, and the third. It should be something that's continuously because people change. You shouldn't and if, take it for granted. Exactly. And if you don't recognize that people change, you are going to be resentful. You're going to start thinking about, oh, this person don't love me. No, it's not that the person don't love me, love you. What the fuck are you doing to love the relationship? Because yeah. it requires work. You know right. what I mean? It requires you to put in that energy, that effort, and that time. Right. And I just feel like people... Just forget about yeah, that concept of it. Because you have to be giving. You have to be interesting. You have to be, you know, still to your partner. Like yeah. who wants to sit around and be bored and do nothing and have somebody who's just walking around. There's so many people living like roommates today who are married. That is heartbreaking. And, you know, so that's one I guess. I mean, it ain't heartbreaking to me. I mean, what is if you pay, pay part of this mortgage, I'm good. It's one silver lining, I would say, with respect to, okay, it's taken me a while. I'm still not married. But when I do get married, I'll be in the best position, I think, of my life to know what I want and to know what I need to do, right? So, but I want to get back to why you don't believe in, in this theory of being in love, the head over heels in love. I don't think it exists. So you think, so, so what does that mean for you and what you want in a relationship that you just hope to have somebody who you can grow to love? I want to be in a relationship where <clears throat> every day I feel like we still enjoy each other, right? 
But when there are differences, when there are fights, because inevitably that's going to be right, that we care enough about the end result that working towards fixing whatever that shit is that caused us to get there, that we spent energy, effort, genuine energy, effort and fixing it. Right. Because I feel like a lot of times, a lot of these relationships are like I'm going back to, you know, back in, in the day in Detroit when we would get bicycles and we would blow the tires and we just use patches, right? That shit only gonna last for so long, right? We patch up things to move on and we don't fix them. But don't you think that the thing that motivates you to want to patch it up is this connection you have with the person, not just that they love me and this relationship works. I like them enough to call it love. But to me, there's an, what's the word? Just an intangible factor that then motivates you to want to be better, to do more, to do the work, to contribute to the relationship, to be with this person. Maybe, but I, I, I don't know. I just don't think it's because I'm in love with that person. Mm. I think I love the person and I love what we're working for enough to know that this is worth the fight to move forward. And for you, that means just loving them. You don't attach the, the theory of it being you being in love to them. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Because, I mean, think about it. There's so many people. How many... <laughs> how many divorces you've seen and they put out statements we love each other we in love with each other we just grew apart respect our privacy I would disagree and say they aren't saying they're in love they say we love each other we love our kids and to me that's the difference is that they don't have the, they aren't in love anymore so they don't have that yeah but the concept of in, being in love cannot sustain a relationship i don't care in and of itself you are absolutely right but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist and it's not distinct from just loving someone mm -hmm. I, I know this a conscious uncoupling and all this stuff and then when megan and and devon put out their statement about i don't know loving Who's each devon? other differently her ex who megan fox devon franklin yes the preacher where have you been Yes. Wait, but that's not Megan Fox. That's um, I mean, Megan, Megan Good. Good. Megan Fox she is, is, is married. Oh my to God. Her. Oh, do you want? You know, she, she she's single now. If you want, I, reach out. I probably <laughs> I probably can't contribute the way she is used to contribution. But <laughs> I ain't got but, enough money. Yeah, but go ahead. I, I think when people get divorced, I mean, you do. You can still be. You can still love that person, but you're not in love with them anymore. And it, I mean, it means something different for for everybody, right? It's not a standard definition maybe what i i i think the concept of being in love is very early on i do not think it sustains throughout the relationship hmm. i think that that intangible feeling of feeling in love is something that motivates you to want to work right or wants to be with a person i think that stops at the point that you are in a relationship hmm. because at this point you are getting to know a different a person in a different capacity so because you, because if i present myself a certain way initially and you fall in love with the way i presented myself when we move in together that presentation of who i was may not be the person that you wake up next to every day but here's my perspective if i'm in love with you then it's okay because i'm in love with you so i accept all of you the good and the bad if i just love you for me 
mm-hmm. then certain things you do <laughs> might work my nerve. And again, I might love you for all the things, mm-hmm. right? That you're otherwise doing and you know, all of that. But if I'm not in love with you, then then maybe I don't for me, I maybe I don't I have a problem accepting certain things about you. But it sounds like you equate being in love to the passion or the intensity that may exist at the beginning of a relationship because it's new and you're getting to know someone. Yeah, I absolutely agree. That can't be um, sustained, but, I, but that's not being in love for me, but I hear you. That no, that's I mean, I get it. it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, just a way. So if I may answer your original question, what were you about to say? I'm Nothing. Sorry. But but your original question was, or the topic is about mature dating and how is it the older you get? So the apps, I can't do them. I can't do them. Like Tinder and all that? Tinder and Bumble and all of them, Match and eHarmony. I've tried them all. I've been on them all. And my particular... Go to wannabeaho.com. <laughs> I can do that for free. <laughs> Okay, so I got a fundamental problem with paying to find someone to date. But I've gotten past that, right? Because I've been on these apps and I've paid the money. I find it incredibly oh, I exhausting. Huh? Oh, I ain't paying. <laughs> I'll put an ad on Craigslist. <laughs> Ooh. Well, match and so, eHarmony, they charge you. Successful African-American male. Available. Mm-hmm. Meet me at the coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. Go ahead. So um, it's exhausting to me. It's almost you have to put as much energy into it as you do like a, your regular job. Because but you should want to do that. Who has time? Oh, wait, you talk about for the apps. For the apps. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of work. do that every day. No, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And my cousin who is younger is on the apps. She's on all the apps, okay, getting a lot of dates. Nothing has come to fruition. But when I said to her, I'm like, well, what is the deal here? Because when I sign up for an app, I I cannot check it every single night or respond to everybody, every person who's reached out and all of this. You mean it? The three people that sent you messages. Really? But go ahead. I get I gets <laughs> likes and DMs, okay? So, oh my God. so I try to wait until I have like a lighter evening or really wait till the weekend to really dedicate the time in and say, okay, who do I want to respond to and search and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, you've lost already. Yeah, because <laughs> I said, don't know what you're doing. By the time I reach out, they either don't respond or just stand up there. She's like, oh, in this day and age, you have to respond within 24 hours. And if you don't, they don't think you're interested or, you know, whatever. So they move on to the next person. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not interested in giving the app that type of energy. And so I have really given up the ghost on that and said, it's going to have to happen organically because it exhausts me. It's disappointing. What's organically? Like, like at a shop or somebody yeah, come up like there. just randomly. Yeah. yeah, but you've had experiences, not to put your business out there, but you have organic experiences and you always got something to say. Right. So what's the difference then? I'm not going to pay for that same experience. <laughs> so I'll have to run into him somewhere or friends will have to introduce us or something. But to I just, I can't. 
I'm not interested. In no, it takes time, effort, and energy. Dating is exhausting, period. It's exhausting. It's, it, it's exhausting. You have to be in the mindset to date, want to date, and be willing to accept what comes with dating. That's the shenanigans. That's the bullshit. Right. That's the, the good. I mean, you know, the other thing, though, I think what we haven't talked about, I know we've been going a moment, but it is, it is what it is. It's a good conversation in my mind is sometimes though, I feel like we have a perception of what we want so much that we judge every person before us based upon that perception. And we don't give a person the chance and opportunity to, to become someone that we can interact with. Right. Or, like you use this word a lot, like this person was corny or <laughs> or like the conversation is boring. Now, that's my main thing. You can't be boring. You can't be boring and leave it up to me. To but be, you are dominant. To be interesting. Well, what happened? I have a strong personality. I would put it that way. But I do have an opinion. Oh, yeah, because she still dates. She don't want nobody to know that she's dominant. But I do, I do have fellas, an opinion. Okay. I know the girl gay. <laughs> okay. So I do have an opinion about most things, right? We're in a profession where we, it requires us. I mean, we were drawn to the profession because we have a particular gift, right? Mm -hmm. Oratory gifts, critical thinking, analytical skills, and we don't shy away from voicing that opinion. So you've got to be somebody who is okay with that, which is great. But you also can't be the guy where I'm your entertainment. I would, I'm what makes your life interesting because otherwise you're boring. You have nothing to say. You have no interest. You, there's nothing. The only thing you like to do is what I expose you to because you don't even go out of your house to figure out what there is outside in the world. That is boring to me, and I will be single to the day I die if that's the only thing you have to present. Well, I, I let me say this. <laughs> I'll be at your funeral, <laughs> and I would say, don't say, my, don't you speak it, my girl, my girl, my girl, my girl said, look, she gonna live her life to the fullest. If y'all can't step up to the plate, there she lies. I'm not gonna be single till I die. <laughs> Don't you speak that into the atmosphere. <laughs> All right, but, go ahead, go ahead. But Sorry. No, that, I mean, to me, you know, right or wrong, you, if you're boring, I don't, I'm not, I can't, I can't. So, you know, but you're right. All Everybody has a certain ideal. You do have to be a little flexible and fluid, right? You can't just have a checklist and they have to check everything off and they have to be a certain way. You, you learn and you grow, right? So what you what you expect and want for yourself may not always be what's best for you, or it may come in a package that's different. Right, so, and it could it could conflict with people who you love. Sure. Right. Oh, everybody has an opinion. Yeah. You know, when you're dating someone. Which is why I don't subscribe to. I'm just looking at how long we've been going. Which why I don't subscribe to weddings. What do you mean? I think weddings are stupid. Like you don't think people should have weddings. No, because I, I don't ever, I don't feel like the wedding is for the two people in love. I think it's more about okay. everyone else. Well, it's a lot of times about the bride. I mean, it's I mean, true. Plenty of show. I mean, it's a billion dollar industry. It is. And it costs too much. It definitely costs too much. But it's driven a lot. Of, it's driven jointly, I would say, as much as by the bride as 
the family. And I do think people maybe spend too much focus too much. So they end up spending more money being more focused on the wedding than the marriage for sure. But anyhow, so we've been going for a moment. So I appreciate this conversation about mature dating. Is there anything that you want to say to close it out in regards to mature dating? Any advice that you can give as a, as a, not a struggling female, but as a female who have experienced different types of dates and avenues of getting to where you want to be and no really i have no wisdom it because you can't predict it right if i could predict it i would have been married by now if i had a solution i would not still be single i'm not single by choice but i refuse to settle right like i said at the beginning i'm not going to be married just to be married so i would advise people you know unless this is somebody you feel like you want to be married to for them and not for, you know, at the core who they are as a person, then don't marry them. Like you were telling the waitress, like she obviously was conflicted about how she felt, whether this is what she really wanted. It sounded like, you know, it was a question about whether the two of them really should be together. You know, people make choices about what well, we're having a kid together. We may as well be together. But I think it was Angela Maya, Maya Angelou, who told the story about her mother was one to always tell her like two miserable people is not what's best for a child. So don't be with someone just because, because I think Maya Angelou had a baby, right? When she was really young. And I think she had her first child at like 14. So she always talked about how her mother was great at raising older children, like not great at raising her when she was little, maybe her grandmother had to raise her at one point. But she said her mother had one word of wisdom she had was not to marry somebody just because you have a child. So I would just say, learn to know who you are because people oftentimes rush into marriage and expect the other person to fulfill their life and, and fulfill who they are, right, as a person. But you've got to find that independently and then I think you'll have the best chance of success. But I mean, what do I know? I don't, I, I don't, I can't pre pretend to have, you know, any definitive perspective on this. You just gotta, you gotta keep it going until you find the one for you. Well, I appreciate those um, wise words spoken like a true queen that you are. But no, I appreciate the time, energy, and effort of the conversation. I. It is always a pleasure to have you on. I appreciate you taking your time, energy, and effort to, to come. But, you know, at the end of the day, I it's like you like a sister that I never really wanted. Had I, a, mutual. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I always, I'm always going to have your back. Always going to hope that you have nothing but the best in, in life and happiness in all aspects of your life, whether that's personal or professionally financial and all of that so i appreciate that so yeah so thank you for being a part of the podcast you are quite welcome all right happy to be here all right so until next time people make sure that you continue to drink listen and converse i'm sean and i'm jay and we are out peace and love love